0: Hello, and welcome back to the Women's Soccer Podcast. I am your host, LDG, or Liam Greco. And today, we have a very exciting episode on our hands. I know it's been a while since I've last recorded, but I am. I used that month to take a little break from recording and refresh. And I've also been working on some really exciting things for the podcast, which I think you all will find to be incredible i hope at least um it's taken a lot of work and time to get a lot of these things in place but you can expect 2023 to be a great year for the podcast 2022 was amazing you know it was the beginning of such a great era but um you know i am although i'm sad to see 2022 and um 2023 is here and thanks to the support of you all which has been so amazing you're here on episode 35 still listening in which is just so incredible and it means the world to me that people around the globe are still listening to my podcast when there's so many other amazing women's soccer journalists who have podcasts just like mine and it's just so incredible that I still am getting listeners every episode so I really just want to thank you all for helping me and the podcast get a great 2022. But 2023, you can expect us to, you know, although we're sad to say goodbye to 2022, 2023 is going to be an amazing year. And not just for this podcast, but with the World Cup, everything going on in the world of women's soccer is so exciting. So I just wanted to take a few minutes of this episode to thank you all for listening in and for still being such a loyal fan of the podcast at episode 35 and now let's move on into the episode which is a really exciting topic with the nwsl draft before we get into the more complex stuff such as you know doing a mock draft team needs top players out there by position let's just go over the basics like how does the nwsl draft work how can you wash it um so, how can you watch? It's a pretty simple answer. This again, all the information I'm getting in this episode about um, the streaming services is from the NWSL website. So, just be aware of that. This is not the streaming platforms I'm mentioning. Is this all information is all from the NWSL website? So, the NWSL draft starts at 6 p.m. Eastern time it's at the Pennsylvania Convention Center for the U.S. Soccer convention, um, Coaches Convention, I'm pretty sure, is the whole week. And fans, if you live, if you're a Philadelphia listener, I know we do have a Philly fan base. You can go um, for three. First come, first serve. So there will be many amazing podcasts there. Some Unfortunately, the Women's Soccer Podcast will not be at the event, but we will be doing an episode after the draft to analyze it. And obviously, this is the episode previewing the draft. Um, You can watch it on CBS Sports Network from 6 to 7 p.m. and. Paramount Plus and CBS Sports HQ will stream the whole event. So, again, CBS Sports Network will stream the first hour, 6 to 7 p.m., and you can watch the whole draft on Paramount Plus and CBS Sports HQ from, again, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern time. If you're... One of our few of uh, one of our few dozen international fans listening to the podcast don't worry you're not left out you can watch this live on nwslsoccer.com which is the nwsl's um web- website and you can also watch it on their YouTube channel which is the National Women's Soccer League so if you want to tune in don't worry it doesn't matter if you're even if you're from America and you're traveling and you want to see your favorite team it doesn't matter if you're out of the country. You can still watch for free on NWSLsoccer.com and um, the NWSL's YouTube channel. So, yeah, that's all the basic information about how to watch. How does the draft work? That is a really good question. It's a very complicated system, but the NWSL draft is a 48-team draft. 48-pick draft, excuse me, with the 12 teams in the NWSL getting four selections um, on paper, one in each round. These picks are tradable assets, so some of the picks have been traded. So, yeah, there's 48 picks, so that every team starts with four, but um, based on where they landed, so, for example, Gotham FC ha- got the first pick, but um, as they finished in last place but they traded that pick so now they do not have the first pick anymore they have the angel city has it so again these are tradable assets the picks so you cannot um count your team in no matter what with that pick these picks are tradable they might they may be traded you, it is not a guarantee that your team will keep the pick that they started with. So, yes, that is. Um, the draft order is Angel City FC with the first pick, Gotham FC, New Jersey New York Gotham FC, excuse me, with the second pick, Orlando Pride with the third pick, Racing Louisville FC with the fourth pick, Portland Thorns FC with the fifth pick. North Carolina Courage with the 6th pick. Chicago Red Stars with the 7th pick. Houston Dash with the 8th pick. North Carolina Courage with the ninth pick. The 10th pick is currently owned by Gotham FC, but due to the Victoria picket trade that occurred this summer, that will be with the Kansas City Current most likely on the night of the draft. So the Kansas City Current have the 10th pick. The North Carolina Courage have the 11th pick. And lastly, the Portland Thorns have the 12th pick. So that is the draft order. Um, The rest of the draft order from rounds two to four, can be seen on nwslsoccer.com. So, now that you know how the draft works, now that you know a little bit more about it, who are these players that are getting taken? Why? Um, how does this work? So, any player that plays in the NCAA college soccer system which is in america our college and the NCAA is the governing governing body of excuse me of college sports in america so all players that play soccer collegiately have the opportunity to enter into the draft and there, there's in the past you've had to be 18 or older, aka you have had to go to a um you had to be enrolled in a college. But now the NWSL has new rules set in place for under 18 players who'd love to en- who'd like to enter the league. And this can be seen as an instance with the player who is most likely going to be the first pick, Alyssa Thompson. She is currently 17 years old, I believe, and she entered the draft. And yeah, dude. And but before she wouldn't have been able to enter. Actually, she turned 18, so she was. Um, but players under 18 are now allowed to be in the league, and there's a maximum of third, um, two under 18 players per team. So Alyssa Thompson is the most likely first pick, and this is an example of how that rule will affect her and many other young athletes who are applying for the nwsl draft so the list of players is another topic that a lot of people will bring up when you're referring to a draft in a sports league and we're going to go over the top players after the- this is your host liam greco here and i just wanted to make a little bit of a quick message um about how you can support the podcast so you can follow us on apple podcast and instagram our instagram is the underscore women's underscore soccer underscore podcast you can follow us there um and also you can follow us on apple podcasts by clicking the top on the three buttons the three dots on the top right hand corner of your screen and there should be an option for you to follow. So it, I really appreciate it. It really helps support the podcast and helps us to grow as we are looking to do a few partnerships in the future to ultimately just help the podcast reach the limits that, or the heights that we know it can reach. And your support means so much to us. And it would be really appreciate if you could follow us on those two platforms so thank you and let's go in to the rest of the episode so this section of the episode is pretty much preparing for team needs and then we're gonna do a first round mock draft which is where i'll have a little fun um so to look at the best players um i have a really helpful tool um and which is public to everyone, which who are available to use, um, there is a soccer analyst called Chris Henderson who does an amazing job. Um, he d- of he does d- Division One NCAA women's soccer. And he's so he's such a great um, journalist in what he does in the field, and he does a he has a public google sheet which is almost like a draft sheet sheet and he has like the tiers for all positions so for the purposes of this episode i'm gonna use this cheat sheet to help us so there's a lot of great statistics on here so again if anyone wants to learn a little bit more about you know the players available in a position what you're if your team needs a left back, who are the best players available? This is definitely the Google sheet to go to. And I'm going to use it to help me figure out the best players in each position. So we're going to go position by position. I'm going to do the top three based on this, this, um, these statistics that Chris has gathered. So Number one is Savannah, for goalkeeper, is Savannah Madden, the Texan. She's an incredible goalkeeper who has clearly shown she only allowed 13 goals this season, and her error rate in 2022 was 0.049. So, if you want a goalkeeper who's reliable and um, who really can not, you know, make errors that cost your team games, you can rely on her like the rain relied on Fallon choice. Um, the t- XG she faced was 23.91, and she only gave up 13 goals, showing how she clearly is a goalkeeper for the future, and yes, Savannah Madden is on my radar. Jordan Silo- Silkowitz is another good one from o- Ohio Iowa State, um, she's yeah uh, similar statistics again xg faced was 32.52 um but i think she, she i mean she did give up 25 goals but her defense was not exactly the best at iowa state uh um she got a lot of shots on her and the xg shows that but she still allowed less goals than her xg which shows she's a great keeper For the purposes of keeping this episode shorter, I'm just going to do two per position, which is still 22 players. The best left backs are um, Shaylin Huppert and Madeline Desenio. Those two um, go to TCU and UCLA respectively, and their pass accuracies are 85% and 81%. Or crossing accuracy. Um, if you're looking for a good crosser, Destinia would definitely be the better option with a 32% cross accuracy, whereas our number one pick, Hubbard, only has sadly a 16% crossing accuracy. But Hubbard is an incredible dribbler with a 2.50 dribble, dribbling statistic and Hubbard is pretty good on the air, winning 57% of aerial duels and 73.33% of tackles. So, yeah, um, both two good options at left back. If your team, excuse me, right back. Um, If your team is in need of a right back, Desiano or Hubbard could be a good player to select maybe, I don't know, later second round. Um, Moving on to left back, here's where you're getting your really big players this says reina reyes is the second best left back i disagree with that maybe statistically that isn't true but reina reyes for me is the best left back and not even the best defender in this draft maybe except for emily madrill so ruby diote Di- is a decent as a good left back but um reina reyes has all the tools I think, to be even better. And so does Leslie Stout is another good option, you could say. Stout does lack on the pass accuracy, and that is an area where someone like Dio Dotti does a great job in. But Reina Reyes is just so good at really just crossing the ball and being dangerous, and she's a much better dribbler than... Um, Diodate, so definitely if you're looking for more of a, you know, dribbling left back, then I think Reina Reyes is one. A more, also a little bit more aggressive, you know. She has a better tackle percentage, and she gets more interceptions a game. So Reina Reyes, for me, is the left back um, I would choose. At center back, um, there's a lot of good options here, and I think every single one of them could be a potential you know, good pick, but for me, Emily Madrill and Tori Hansen are the two best ones. Again, this is a Google sheet. I'm just selecting my two favorite players for each position. Hansen is a proven center back who was a great in the final for UNC, who unfortunately lost that game. She's a great tackler as well, winning 71% of tackles. She's also, um, Good of interceptions. She gets seven interceptions a game. Overall, just an incredible player, I would say. And she's also younger, Tori Hansen, than perhaps Emily Madrill. Yes, it means less experience, but on the other hand, if your team, like for example, the Orlando Pride, who is looking to rebuild, I see Tori Hansen as your best bet because she's someone who is younger um, than, you know, uh, Uh, um, Emily Madrill but Emily Madrill again was the number one pick for me before all these great players started applying such as Michelle Cooper and Alyssa Thompson but she is just a proven player she went to Florida State um one of the things that really impressed me about her was her pass completion and how she's a very risky center back and she's incredible on the ball she completed 88 percent of her passes um, and dribbling, she is just a gem. She dribbles 3.60 a game. She gets that. She gets a lot of times where she's making long runs, which is a lot of center backs are below one in this statistic category, which shows she's very comfortable on the ball. So for a team like Orlando, who struggled last year and perhaps keeping possession, Madrille is the best bet for me for them. But we'll again, we'll get into that later. I'm jumping ahead a little at center midfield sophie jones and samantha chang are my two favorites um again if you disagree let us know on our instagram post we have the comments open we're free to hear you respectfully say your disagreements but um sophie jones you know she recently applied in the second to last one her passing is really what sells her for me 87 percent pass completion uh She's also a pretty good player in the midfield with seven interceptions a game. You know, she's a younger player, but I think overall, statistically proving, um, she is one of the better players available. Samantha Chang is another one of my favorites just because of the, you know, I just love the way she's so comfortable on the ball. I think that's something that's really good for me. And she's also one of the better aerial players. Um sydney stutter is the best one i think personally uh, at least the, that's what i believe after analyzing the statistics which i've been doing a lot recently but yeah i just think she's all around good player sam chang i could see her falling to the red stars perhaps in the first round as they desperately need a midfielder for the cdm position so in the central midfield there's two players for me that just really stand out. Um, some may say Natalie Vig- Vigiano is exciting, and I don't disagree with that because of the fact she, her sister, uh, Marissa, is such a great midfielder. But for me at this moment, again, I don't, I can't watch every single college soccer game, so I'm just doing this based on the knowledge I have from my experiences. Clara Robbins is a player who I think could go top five. Her overall game is just so sophisticated. She's, again, a pretty confident dribbler, which I love to see in a younger player. And her passing accuracy, 78%, is also very impressive. So for me, that's a big plus. And yeah, I just really like the way she also is a great tackler in the midfield. 62.50% of her tackles were completed. A, a decent player in the air, a very decent player in the air as well. So, um, you know, she wins a lot of her aerial duels, 60% of them, which is a good sign for a midfielder. My next one is Jessica De, De Filippo. I could, I would compare her to like a Diana Matheson almost, I guess in a way, like in that kind of player. Um, she's not the best in the air, only winning 51%. Jessica De, um To, Phil, to Philip, po. I'm not saying the and re- the reason why I compare her to Matheson is not her height. She's five nine, but just I I compare her to Matheson because of her creativity, and I think that that's something that really sticks out with for me. And if I want to if I was any team in this league. I would be looking at her. Her pass completion is also pretty good at 70%. She's just an all-around solid player who gets the job done, and I could see wearing the crest for Canada in the years to come. My next two favorites at forwards. This is the hardest one by far. It's not even close. I don't even know. Um, Alyssa Thompson is one of the best. For forwards, I'm going to do four for the whole front line. Penelope Ha-Hulken, a hop. <laughs> Hawken, um, Alexa Spantra, and my last one is gonna be Michelle Cooper. So many great forwards. If you, if you're a team that needs goals, this is the draft for you. This is a very attacking dominated draft. Um, there's amazing attackers that you could find in rounds two, three, So if you're a team that doesn't have any, if you're a fan of a team who doesn't have any first round picks necessarily, don't worry, you'll still get a great player on your front line. You could still get one of them. Um, And not to say there's not a lot of great defenders, it's just that, I mean, you have Reina Reyes and Emily Madrill, but the the, the offense is what I think, as a fan of the league, that's what really sticks out to me. So, yeah, uh, that's... That's so the, for forwards, just to go over the statistics of them. Um, Spantra is a great player in the middle of the field, she's a very confident dribbler, very quick, great left foot. H- Hawking is another good player who can shoot, she creates a lot of chances. Um, another pretty confident dribbler, I would say. Um, to move on to more, Michelle Cooper. She is a player who's a great passer, I would say. Um, not the tallest players, so she might not be the one winning your aerial duels. But if she ends up with Gotham with the second pick, as a Gotham fan, I am extremely happy. And last but not least, the very obvious number one pick, and Alyssa Thompson. Um, no statistics for her, obviously. She, she didn't. She's still a senior in high school, who um, will go straight to the pros. But From my experience watching her with the U.S., she's a very dynamic player on the ball. She's very technical. She's very quick. And she's someone that I think can really, really, really help Angel City electrify their attack in the future. Maybe not, um, she might not be the player who is, you know, she's competing against a lot of great players in the Angel City front line. But Alyssa Thompson is one of the most special talents in U.S. soccer, for women's soccer right now. And yeah, if your team gets Alyssa Thompson, most likely Angel City, you should be really happy because you're getting the player who could be the next Alex Morgan, right? The next Mia Hamm, the next Abby Wambach. That's the category of forwards that you can put her in because of her talent levels. So those are my big players. Now let's move on. I'm gonna do the team needs as we go through the mock draft in the first round to talk about what that team needs with that pick. So. Let's get into mock draft time. Sorry for getting so excited right there. But hey, this is the NWSL mock draft. I'm really excited here. I'm just, you know, excited to see what happens. So the first pick belongs to Angel City. Not much explaining that I think needs to go into this pick. Um, I don't think there really is any. Um, They have two, def- two keepers on their roster currently. Um, they have, I believe, nine defenders on their roster, just going through the numbers quickly, five midfielders and five forwards for me. And that's not including Vanessa Gil, who is an out on loan, of course. So for me... I don't really see a problem with Angel City's defense. I felt they had one of the best defenses in the league last year. They were very compact. They didn't give up many goals. Didi Harachich was a brick wall in net. Um, perhaps they might add a third-string goalie later on in the draft, but that's not really where I think their main focus with this pick should be. It should be in that midfield line or that forward line. Their forward line is dynamic right now with Christian Press, Sidney LaRue, June Endo, Claire Emsley, and Simone Charlie but I only add the forward line here because it's it's very clear that that's who Angel City is most likely going to take. That's the line that they're going to most likely improve with Alyssa Thompson applying to the draft after the mega four-team trade, which sent Yasmeen Ryan to Gotham, the first pick to Angel City, the fifth pick to Portland, and the second pick to Gotham. So, um... That was clear, those intentions of this trade was clearly get Alyssa Thompson. So therefore, you can lock that down. My first pick in my NWSL mock draft is going to be Alyssa Thompson. So now let's move on to my second pick. I am going to do the, the, for Gotham FC, for me, I think this is a very clear pick, Michelle Cooper. She is someone who can score goals, Gotham really struggles with scoring goals. I'm gonna be very um, clear here. She is a one of the best goal scorers in that this league may ever see. She is she is one of those players that you just like. Yeah, she's really good. You don't even have to watch at all. She is just she's absurd. Her talent levels and for Gotham to get her at two is incredible. So you know, um, my number third pick for the Orlando Pride, is I'm going to go with Emily Madreau. So I will explain this one. This might be a little bit out of the blue, but I think that the Pride, you know, they can score goals. They haven't, they have a very young attack right now. And I think that I just love, you know, how Marta could helpfully help a lot of those younger players that are in the Pride attack, um, like an Ali Watt a Carrie a a Julie Doyle, and then they have experience up front with Jenkins, Pruitt, and Timrak. In the midfield, I love the young trio of Bajuga, excuse my pronunciation, Clough, and Villacorta, with Jens Dottier and and Marta. I just think the pride team is really great in the midfield and offense. I think they just really struggle defensively. I'm gonna put that very straight. I don't think they have the world-class defender anymore that they had when they had um, Ali Krieger. I don't think they have that when they had Ali Riley. I don't think they've replaced that. I just don't see a clear replacement here. And I think it's time for the Pride to look to the future. They've had a lot of great draft picks last year, mostly attacking-minded, however. So I think they want to build on that with drafting Emily Madrill. So my first my third pick for the Orlando Pride is Emily Madri. Moving on to my fourth pick, which is I will say another one that I didn't really even I didn't prepare um, for this pick because I was conflicted. We're drafting a player now that we have the three obvious ones out of the way I would say at least you're now going into a you know, a little bit of a more obscure, you'd be picking someone a little bit more obscurely, right? You not, you don't have the, you know, it the obviousness um, that you have with the first few picks. So for me, I just thought based on logic, Louisville needs a player that can produce for them, right? This is not a for me, this is not a team who has a lot of defensive stability. I think that they really struggle in that department and they lost their captain, Gemma Bonner. And I think if I'm the Louisville organization, I would hope that Madrill would fall the three. She has I to four, excuse me. She has not. She has not fallen there. And So I think that the other defensive option that I see is Reina Reyes. I think that she's a great young promising talent, a Mexican international already. And I just think that she really fits the team needs of Louisville. They're a team that is desperate for some defensive help with the amount of attacking talent they have. Catalana was signed for them, but immediately tore her Achilles, didn't even appear for the team. Um... Uh, they have a bunch of great mid players in the midfield that are young, such as Havel and DeMello up top. They have experience in Deem and McDonald's. So I think that, you know, and their goalkeeping, Katie Lund's one of the best goalies in the league, but the defense just really let her down last year. She had more saves than goalkeeper of the year winner, Caitlin Sheridan. It's just that. She had the most shots taken on her. Louisville's defense was not great. Apart from Emily Fox, the team really struggled. And now, without their captain, their leader, they need a good young player. And I think Reina Reyes, with the fourth pick, she just makes sense for me. That's someone who I could see being taken for them. So, for me, um, now we have the first four picks. In the fifth pick, is one that I really debated because I thought. I was between Hawking and someone like a uh, a Claire Robbins or a Jones. I eventually went with Sophie Jones because I think that with Sinclair, you know, at last next year she has one year contract. Um, I will assume that this is her last year with the um your. I would assume that this is her last year in playing professionally. So my fifth pick for me is going to be Sophie Jones, who is one of the best players in... She's the best passer in this draft by far. Her passing is so incredible. Um, Defensively, she struggled, I think, is a big problem. And that's a big problem, not discounting that. However, I just feel like she is the um, next thing that you know portland needs to progress and also if sinclair away from the world cup that gives her some time to work out but you know they have defensive stability the Thorns. so i think that even if jones just spends the first season learning and she'll get some time during the world cup so i think that you know no matter what she'll still be able to progress and get that needed um mentorship defensively but offensively just a great player so moving on to the sixth pick Um, this, the, the player I'm picking here, I would not have picked, picked to drop six, but again, this is solely based on team needs. Um, North Carolina Courage should be very happy with this. They need a midfielder. They need someone creative or they need someone who could score goals. So I think for me, those are my two angles. And to see Penelope Hawking drop this low, I'm just like happy. But at the same time, Jenna Knightsworth is someone who, to be honest, I've kind of forgot about. In that, you know, she just applied today. I didn't really think I didn't really think about her a lot going in to this mock draft, and she was always in the back of my head, of course. But um, I just think this is the team Knightsworth can work with. She's a player who's more attacking minded, but with Dabini leaving, this is a team. You know, they're, they're young. They have Caroline. They have, they have um, a knight, a great player in Ordonez. They have a good young base, and I think that they're kind of not rebuilding, but, you know, they have a younger core now with Dabinia gone, and she was that one player, really, that remained. Um, one of the few players in the attack that remained from their team that won them the championship. So, yeah, I think that, for me... I'm gonna take Knightsworth at um, the Florida, the Florida State, the yeah, the Florida State native um, is the one that I will be taking for this pick. Um, now let's gonna move on to the seventh pick, which is the Chicago Red Stars. They are dying in the midfield. Let's be real, their midfield has like almost washed away uh, with players leaving due, due to free agency. So I me they need a midfielder and they need one fast so i'm going to go with clara robbins for this pick i think that she's a player who can really help this team stabilize in the midfield and i think that for robbins this is a team that she should want to be on um at least playing time wise because this is a team where she's gonna get a lot of playing time And I think that she can really be helpful here in, you know, stabilizing the midfield of the Red Stars, who will have a lot of youngsters getting big minutes. So I think for me, Robbins, I think it just fits. It works out. This pick, that's my eye in my eyes. I think that she's just a player who just fits in general with the whole franchise and what they're kind of needing right now. So yeah, that's that's my logic. Again, if you disagree with any of these picks, please feel free to talk about it on our podcast's Instagram. So, which I mentioned earlier. So, for the Dash, they have a lot of great attacking talent, good goalkeeping system, great defense. My big problem is the midfield. I don't really see they have good players like Groom, Schmidt, and Vigiano. But if Schmidt leaves, they have Emily Curran, formerly Ogle, formerly Emily Ogle. But I think they need more depth in the midfield. And that's why I have been looking at this team throughout this draft. But I think also they, they're gonna need some help offensively because they have Ebony Salmon, who could be away at the World Cup. Sanchez will still be here. Prince will either be away at the World Cup or still injured. They have young players like Grimaldia Grimaldi- and Anderson who haven't, really like, proved themselves yet and played a lot of minutes. Alozi will be away for Nigeria. And um, Jairus is more a very promising player, is more of a left back. So for me, I think they could also add attacking-wise. In my draft, a lot of the better midfielders have already been taken. So... I don't see this necessarily. Maybe in real life, this will pan out differently. But for me, with the eighth pick in the draft, the Houston Dash will take and should be very happy with getting Nicole Douglas. She's a good player who can finish. And if they get her, she's someone I think they should be happy with. A good player who um, played for Arizona State in college. She's very creative, I think, from what I've watched she got. She's a good passer as well. Nice dribblers. Um. Yeah. It's funny. I after after using um Chris's Chris Henderson's the uh, um NCA NCA double A um women's soccer college like very professional. Know who the expert. I agree with a lot of his opinions. I've I've had a few different mix-ups in the draft order, but a lot of his opinions I agree with with the picks and the logic. So yeah, for me, Douglas is one I really like. Um, and yeah, so that's why I have her going at number eight. Number nine, oh, now we're officially two-thirds throughout the first round. Let's go into our next pick, which is again the ninth pick currently owned by the North Carolina Courage. I picked a with their last pick, with the 6th pick, I picked Knightsworth. And if the if the Courage get Alexa Alexa Spantra at this pick, they should be extremely happy because in my draft they will at least. She's a player who's proven. She can she played college numbers at Virginia. And she was just really great for me. I'm the powerful left foot that she had, which was a destroyer, is a good nickname for it, and a fair one. And yeah, the Courage to be very happy. They're two first round picks at six and nine with Knights Knightsworth and Spantra. So two good attacking players with the Courage. Now let's move on to the 10th pick, which is again, this is the iffy one. Um, The Current, the, cur- the Current, are the ones who are expected to get this due to the trade rules, but Gotham FC still officially owns the pick. I've been compensating it, and for the purposes of this episode, I believe we should just go with The Current. They're the ones who I believe will get the pick, most likely on the midnight on Wednesday. So The Current, let's look at their team. For a minute, the midfield is stacked. We know that. They signed a bunch of great midfielders this summer in Gatra, Di Bernardo, and um, Tabina. But if you're looking at the weaker positions on the team, for me, it's really that defense. And I just don't know why. I don't like it. I think they could really use some tweaking. And at the 10th pick, I would take Jalissa Harris from South Carolina who's a, a good, again, one of the more, she played, of she's, she's a more proven player, played her college soccer again at South Carolina, and she's just a center back who I think will add a lot of depth for this current team and competition. Haley Mace is someone who they will rely on heavily defensively, but if she's away for the World Cup and you have Rodriguez, and Weber, the center back position is still a question mark. With Luera, maybe moving up to the midfield, maybe dropping back to center back. You know, the t- the defense is the biggest question mark, I think. Clearly, for the the current, and I think that with Harris at the 10th pick, they can maybe co- cause some more competition, allowing for that pick to maybe be maximized more. The Courage have another pick at 11. I did not realize that when I was preparing for this episode, and I'm like, why not? Let's just go for it, you know? Let's go, let's go forwards, let's go forwards. Forwards represent in this episode for The Courage, um, and although, although that's not, that's a nice idea, um, The Courage already have a lot of forwards on their roster, they have, they already have six forwards on their roster, so adding two would be more than enough, I think, but... So, if we were fun, we would go for the forwards, but let's go for the more boring option, which is, um, their weakness is goalkeeper, but I don't really see any goalies, in my opinion, that could be in the top two rounds. The top goalie for me doesn't come till, yeah, the third or even fourth round. So, I'm gonna look at their other weakness, which in my opinion could be the midfield. Knightsworth could play in the midfield, obviously, but this is a part of the Courage team that I could see potentially struggling next year. So I'm gonna look at the that part of the team, and if you're looking at the midfield, the few good there's a, the three players that I'm comp, that I'm looking at for the last two spots, by the way, in my eyes, are Yates, Di or Hansen. Those are the three that I think. I do agree. With the Chris, Chris's ideas about those last three, I think that those three players will be in those picks. Um, I, I thought that Robbins could have been the 10th pick, but uh, and this pick, the 11th pick, but she got taken earlier with the 7th pick, I just feel it with the Red Stars. I feel like that whole connection could come through with Robbins. You know, she played at Florida State, the Red Stars. Um, need a midfield. I just feel like I feel like maybe in the draft they could go for Knightsworth, but with Knightsworth getting taken a pick earlier, that's a problem for. That's the reason why or the cause of why I took them. So for the 11th pick to add another player, I think I'm gonna add Yates, Summer Yates from Washington. Um, as that is a positional thing for me. And the last but not least, I want to look at the Portland Thorns because they have the 12th pick in the draft. And I said I was in between a center back and a forward. Those are the two picks I wanted for this team. And and the, with their first pick, I believe I took, uh, yes, I did. I believe I did take Jones in the midfield Um, as I knew that coffee, that they would have an immediate starter and that's not an insult to Jones the Portland Forums are the best team in the NWSL they won the title last year they have so much talent everywhere in the field that it's really hard to be a rookie and come in to be a starter and that's why you know it was really hard for Sam Coffey to be a starter but she just had an incredible season so I mean I could see Jones maybe being a starter at the world when the world cup is occurring but for this last pick, I'm gonna look at forward line because the current roster, Becky, Smith, could all be at the World Cup. Same with Sinclair, Dunn, Coffee. So there could be problems with that forward line. So I I Weaver will still be there, of course, but I'm gonna pick Izzy Izzy De, 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 Aquila? De Aquila, I believe is how you pronounce it. Excuse my pronunciation error if I did make one. She's a player who, you know, um, I didn't know about at all. I'll be honest, before the dra- the, the end, middle to end of the season when she was just so good and she just kept on scoring for the Santa Clara Blancos. Uh, and, yeah, I think that she... The statistics, if I was looking at... I was thinking... When I was debating this pick in preparing for the episode, I was looking at a lot of the data from the about about her Pegasus and other statistics such as that but um yeah I thought that I was looking at the Pegasus by the way was one of the statistics that Chris had written and when I was looking at it I was just very impressed by um a lot of her stats for example one that really was um stood out to me was her aerial duels winning 53 percent of them her pass completion was pretty good. Um, she converts a lot of her chances as well, about thirty percent of them, which is a thing. The Florence had a lot of chances, and they they didn't they didn't they scored a lot of goals this season, the most in the league. But when you look at all the chances they have, they still could have been a better team in just converting the chances that they get. So I think the if when the, if the Florence have more challenges this year offensively, especially when the international players are away. I think that that's a player that can step in. So, thanks for listening to this long draft episode and to go over my draft, I had Angel City selecting Alyssa Thompson with the first pick. Gotham FC selecting Michelle Cooper with the second pick. Emily Madrid, Orlando Pride selecting Emily Madrid with the third pick. Racing Louisville FC, selecting Raina Reyes with the fourth pick. Portland Thorns FC, selecting Sophie Jones with the fifth pick. Um, North Carolina Courage, selecting Jenna Knightsworth with the sixth pick. Um, Chicago Red Stars, selecting Claire Robbins with the seventh pick. Houston Dash, selecting Nicole Douglas with the eighth pick. Um, North Carolina Courage, selecting Alexis Spantra with the the ninth pick. Kansas City Current selecting Summer Yates with the 11th pick. And lastly, the Portland Thorns selecting Izzy D'Aquila with the 12th pick. Thank you so much for listening into this episode. I really appreciate the support for those of you who made it all the way here to minute 46. And see you next time. I hope you enjoy the NWSL draft. Bye!